0: But one of the things I really like doing with him is trying to let him figure out his own tricks. Like I do, like I do on the skateboard, I'll have, I'll give him an object and then see how he reacts to it and have him kind of come up with his own little tricks.
1: Hello, people with a dog. This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and I interview veterinarians, trainers, products, and some really awesome fellow pet parents about how you can get the most out of life with a dog. Countdown is on, everyone. It is one week until my birthday. One week, everyone. Next week is going to be the Q&A episode. I'm going to finally unveil the rebrand new logo that I've been hinting at for far too long. And it's a little bit of crunch time for myself because I want to give myself time off for my birthday. So I've been trying to scramble a bit and make sure everything is in place for myself and all of you. So make sure you send me your questions if you want If you have any questions about me, the podcast, the rebrand, my dogs, my favorite color, like whatever it is, everything's on the table. Send me your questions for the Q&A episode that is coming out next week on my birthday. And for any new listeners, this makes it sound like this podcast is all about me. I promise we talk about dogs. So throw your dog questions at me too. It doesn't just have to be about me and my favorite color. I don't know where I came up with that. Otherwise, a little life update on my end, I have been doing something I've been calling a fall overhaul. I don't know if I coined that phrase. Tell me if you guys have heard that phrase before, because I may have just read it somewhere, but I feel like I came up with it. And ultimately, it's it's spring cleaning, except in the fall. So I'm just trying to like overhaul my life, which is basically all of the photos on my phone, going through those. The people that I follow on Instagram, and I don't even know why I follow them, or all of my spring and summer clothes that are out of style or do not fit, getting rid of those, all of that kind of stuff. I've been kind of just trying to declutter and clean out my life a little bit. The fall overhaul, highly recommend it for everyone. I feel much lighter and more productive and efficient because of it. One of those things that I did in the fall overhaul is I sold the blue velvet couch that was in the studio everyone. I know it was a shock to a lot of you when I posted it on the Instagram. I got a lot of messages and I told you I would tell you about what went down in this episode. Ultimately, it's not nearly as dramatic as what many of you were coming up with. Basically, For those of you who don't know, we had a blue velvet couch in our podcast studio. I got it when Izzy and I were co-hosting together. Speaking of, Izzy will be on next week. She's the one who's asking the questions for the Q&A and then I'm answering them. But back to the couch. I bought it when we were co-hosting together because we needed a place for both of us to sit and then have the guest, virtual guest on the monitor across the room from us. Now that I am solo hosting, it just Doesn't really make a lot of sense to have a whole couch that I don't really need because it ends up me sitting like in the middle of it interviewing our guests. And it's taking up a lot of the small office room that I call the studio. So it is on its way to a new family that was found on Facebook Marketplace. The studio is now a blank canvas once again. So my plan is to get a big old comfy chair to sit in. And that's how I will be recording from here on out. The other reason I decided to get rid of the blue couch was because our oldest dog, Lupin, so he's the American foxhound, he is, want to say, 11 approximately. And he. we have very steep stairs that go up to our master bedroom because um, it was an attic converted into a master suite. And the stairs are so steep. And I just don't want him to be forced to move, to go up those stairs every single night. I want to start creating an environment that he wants to sleep in on the main floor and just kind of moving him into like a little retirement room. And that will be the studio. So that Lupin is going to have his own little corner, his own little section of the studio. That's going to be his little retirement area. I highly recommend this to anyone else who has an older dog who maybe needs to limit their activity or limit their stares, I will keep you updated on how it works for Lupin. But otherwise, the other dog, Albus, has good breath. He got a dental a couple weeks ago. He needed one since we adopted him about a year ago. And I've just tried, you know, we had to like budget for it because it is a bigger expense as well as I wanted to make sure he was fully comfortable and integrated into the home before – We put him through, you know, something where he has to go under anesthesia for. So he is fine. He's happy as a clam. His doggy kisses that he gives us at 6 a.m. are much, much better smelling now. So I think that's actually everything I had to update you guys on. Let's talk about this episode and the guests we have on today. So I have Haley and her dog Daryl on today. And Haley is a fellow Seattle dog mom. And we've actually had the opportunity to meet when she came to our event, our one-year podcast anniversary that we held back in April. She and Daryl showed up. So unlike many of our guests, I've actually been able to meet Haley and Daryl in person, which is awesome. I knew I wanted to have her on because she does such amazing trick training with Daryl. And so we talk about on this episode, how to let your dog create their own tricks um having a puppy in an office, Seattle dog life, and making friends because you have a dog, and much, much more. So let me tell you a little bit more about both of them before we get into this episode. So Daryl is a Super Mutt Rescue with a lot of tricks up his sleeve, both literally and figuratively. Haley and Daryl have learned over a hundred tricks together, with Daryl being certified as an American Kennel Club performer-level trick dog. During the day, Daryl is an office dog at the Alzheimer Association and through their Instagram, they strive to bring joy through his skateboarding stunts and relatable pet owner jokes. So Haley and Daryl, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We have been
0: listening since day one, so it is an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast.
1: Well, okay, and that's what it's so funny because this could have been such a better okay, this episode's gonna be great, but this could have been so much better if you were in the studio. But I feel like with COVID stuff, I kept holding off. I was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna have them on. I wanna COVID to be in a place where we can just like all get together in the studio and hang out. And I kept putting it off and I was like finally like, no, they're in Seattle. They're listeners as well. They've supported from the beginning. Daryl is does such cool tricks. I was like, we just need to make this interview happen. So unfortunately, is still virtual. But that's okay. That's okay, we will yeah. have
0: a dog party sometime soon. I think it'd be fun to do like a reunion for <sighs> anybody that's full school. Yeah,
1: it would be a lot of fun. It would be I feel like I don't have like a beat on the Seattle dog life. Because pretty much as soon as we moved back from London, it was like four months later, and then everything shut down. And so I haven't I haven't integrated myself yet but one day. <laughs> well, and honestly, I think a lot of people adopted dogs during this time. So the, yeah. the
0: whole scene is going to change. I know people have moved, people have adopted more dogs, people have become more obsessed with their dogs. So I think honestly, <laughs> Seattle has become even more dog friendly over the past couple of years.
1: I so, love that. People have become yeah. more dog obsessed with their oh, dogs. Absolutely. Like, oh my God. <laughs> absolutely. Coming, Coming know that we could get more expert. Yeah. <laughs> You are who wouldn't be obsessed with Daryl. So let's talk a little bit before we get too down too much into the Seattle dog life. Let's talk a little bit about you and Daryl. And if you could just like briefly introduce yourself and Daryl to the listeners.
0: Great. Yeah. So my name is Haley Adair. Um, I don't introduce myself as Haley to many people. Most people know me as Daryl um, (laughs) behind uh, his Instagram account. But my name is Haley, and I am. Uh, I live with my husband in Edmonds, Washington, and we have always loved dogs. We've always loved dogs. Our families have actually rescued dogs um, their whole lives, and we finally, a couple years ago, realized it was time. So we started looking, um, and I work for the Alzheimer's Association. My um, coworker actually used to volunteer at a rescue in Richland, Washington, and so. I reached out to her and told her we were looking um, and lo and behold, uh, a litter of puppies um, needed to be adopted. So we got a couple videos and a little pressure from my coworkers <laughs> and, you know, couple. And the first video I saw of these puppies, they were just running all over the place. I fell in love and specifically there was one sitting in the corner and he was just staring at the wall and all the other ones running around doing their puppy stuff. And I was like, I need that dog. It it was just, it was the sweetest thing. This little dog staring off in his face. So um, I sent it to my husband and um, our, actually our executive director at the time was like, somebody needs to adopt that dog. And his name happened to be Daryl. So we uh, filled out the paperwork and made a trip over to eastern Washington and picked up Daryl um, during one of the snowstorms, one of the oh snowmageddons in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> brought him home. So we got some quality bonding time while all of Seattle was shut down due to the snow. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day that we were able to drive around, I brought him into the office with me and he became the office dog. He was my my second hand man, and uh, he has not left
1: my side since. Oh, that's so great! Like that whole story. I think my favorite part is how all of your coworkers. We're like, and even the executive director, we're like, we need an office dog. Haley, you've been elected and same with this puppy has been elected. So if you want to keep your job and you're standing in the company, please get this puppy.
0: It was pretty much that way. I walked into my first staff meeting after I had made the decision and and announced that I was expecting and everybody (laughs) was like, okay. (laughs) So, and honestly, I treat him like he is my child. So
1: yeah, that's perfect. I'm expecting Daryl. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Okay, and then for all the listeners who haven't seen a picture of Daryl yet, what what breeds and is he and how old is he now and all of that? So Daryl is just about, well, he's coming up on three now. He's two and a half
0: um, coming up on three. When we rescued him, he was two months old. And we were told that he was a corgi retriever mix. Hmm. So if you picture like a corgi and a retriever, um the body would be very long and then it would have like short legs and long hair um he started to grow and we realized he looked nothing like that so we (laughs) thought we should take one of the dna tests so we did end up taking a dna test for him and turns out he's actually primarily pitbull pyrenees collie australian shepherd cocker spaniel staffordshire terrier and like a thousand other things oh my gosh turns out he's like the kitchen sink dog. Yeah, um, we call him Daryl breed for anybody that asks because he really I've n- I've never seen a dog like him. But a lot of people mistake him as a Nova Sco- Scotia duck tolling retriever.
1: Yes, that's what exactly what I was thinking is the duck tolling because he has like that deep kind of like reddish, you know, coloring, but and like the face and the hair. That's so funny that all of those breeds would mix in to like this it's beautiful so, dog. It's so
0: fascinating. And <laughs> It's been really cool too, actually, when we found out like my first reaction was, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to like, what am I going to say when people ask me, people are going to ask me, I'm going to tell them that my dog is a pit bull. And so my initial reaction to that was like kind of fear because I knew nothing about the breed. Yeah. And so it's been interesting to like study up on some of these breeds and I've met a lot of people with pit bulls. I've learned a lot about them and it's actually has been a learning experience for me to realize that, you know, first of all, pit bulls are like the friendliest, most trustworthy mm-hmm. companions. Yeah. And
1: just totally flipped what I thought about, about that breed. Yeah. So that's very insightful to like kind of think back on how the DNA test can kind of help change your perceptions too. Because especially I think it's so helpful to do those DNA tests when obviously it's like fun. You know, like, oh, I wonder, you know, what my dog is. But also, even if your dog doesn't look like a pity or bully breed, they could have the behavior of one. Like, Albus looks like a coonhound, but he is, like, 25% herding breed. And that is definitely how he behaves. It's, like, way more – he doesn't actually herd, but it's just, like, a lot more of those kind of, like, over-excitement, like, really smart activities. and And I think it's helped a lot in, like, learning – what to do with him basically
0: absolutely how to train i mean that's been a big part of of our thing too is just we've learned a lot about about training and how to train and like what what works what doesn't
1: work and it all makes sense when i look at his breeds okay speaking of training dude okay (laughs) the amount of like amazing tricks that daryl knows i mean i think that's what if anyone has seen your guys's instagram that's what they see is like daryl skateboarding so how did he start with skateboarding and just like also tricks how did you guys even think to do that
0: yeah so uh he is for i never i'll start off with this i never did tricks with my other dogs my (laughs) dogs growing up knew like maybe how to sit okay i mean i also had huskies so it was a totally different ballpark yeah um but when we we Got sent home from work and both Daryl and I were very bored. Uh, We also happened to get uh, like a pass to a local training place called Zoom Room. And so my I had started taking Daryl to obedience class and started to find out that he was very smart, but very bored with Mm. basic obedience. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to do more. He was extremely food driven. And so I started just doing some fun little things. I think my first trick, I actually have a video of this, was was showing him how to jump through my arms like, like a hoop. Yeah. And I was so proud of him. And I could tell how happy and thrilled he was that he was able to learn this. Like he was so excited. And just that pure joy of watching him be so excited about something. And I was just, I was beyond thrilled. I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so proud of myself too. So um, from there we started doing just like little tricks here and there. And I, he would pick up things like the day I taught him, like he would just pick up tricks right away. Wow. And so, you know, next obvious step, I bought my dog a skateboard and (laughs) um, (laughs) just to see what he would do. Mm -hmm. um, I I'd seen a couple other dogs that had done that had been skateboarding. um, And
1: thought that it looked really fun. I personally have never skateboarded. Okay. I had never skateboarded in my life. (laughs) That was going to be my next question. I was like, are you like millennial Avril Lavigne? Like, was that your like, you know, back when you were 13, you started skateboarding or something? (laughs) I mean, I love Avril Lavigne. (laughs) Absolutely love her, but I am
0: not a skater (laughs) at all. Neither is my husband. Neither of us are. Uh, We neither have ever owned or skated in our lives until we bought a skateboard for Daryl. And um, it was like a little tiny, I think they call him like a penny skateboard or something there. It was basically a toy skateboard. He could barely fit on the thing. Yeah. Um, So when he first started, he would put his feet on top and he would just push it along. And it was this cute little thing. He would push it just like he's pushing something and then walking behind it. Kind of like a scooter almost. (laughs) And so... During, during my lunch breaks, which would force me to actually take lunch breaks and breaks throughout the day, Mm -hmm. uh, we started teaching him to skate and we started teaching him in our kitchen. Um, then we went downstairs outside and let him scoot around out there. And within like a couple weeks, he picked it up so quickly that we had to get him like a full person skateboard, which is hilarious because I mean, they're an investment. Yeah. Good. Good. So we bought our dog a skateboard um, for my husband's birthday <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and took him out, started taking about skating on this thing. And he just has the biggest smile on his face whenever he's skating. And of course, you know, we can't tell if, if it's, is it the treats? Is it the skating? It's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to tell when you're training a dog, because obviously they, they're rewarded by your reactions to their behaviors Mm -hmm. and they're rewarded by the food and, and everything. But um, he just you can tell he's in his element when he's on a board. He wags his tail. He's smiling from ear to ear. And it's just been so much fun to have that as a little hobby of ours. I mean, just today we went, I jumped in the car with him and picked up a puppuccino, of course. (laughs) And then we just, rolled around and looked for a parking lot and hopped out and would just go and
1: skate and it's our little thing it's our little side it's our little hobby our little escape so is he like three legs on one back leg off pushing that's how it works so
0: when he when he first started when he was learning he would put his two feet and then two feet on the back so he was almost like walking right Mm -hmm. um but eventually um he has three feet on the board and then he puts his foot on when he's going into decent speed and he likes to try to make himself go like as fast as he can so he'll run behind it and then hop on it or like have his two feet on and then hop on it and then push
1: himself until and then use his little propeller foot oh my god that's yeah i'm like in awe that's so amazing that just like the the fact as you said he tries to like go really fast or he knows Mm -hmm. to like run and jump onto it to get that speed yeah and and that wasn't something you guys like taught him. He just like no it was I, I honestly think it was just over time he started to pick it up and
0: learn different things. We have been working on some things like uh like turning a little bit and directions. but honestly, I love just letting him skate yeah. for what it is like i I don't want I've tried doing hills I've tried doing other things yeah, but he i just i want it to be his thing and I want him to love it. And he started to, over time, show us tricks on the board. And what I mean by show us tricks is I, I have not asked him to do these things. He just starts to add them into his, to his skating. So, for example, one day he started doing sit pretty on the board. And it was something where I hadn't asked him to do it, but it's something that he does off the board. Mm-hmm. And so, he started integrating his tricks, like jump, which uh not one that I encourage. <laughs> um, but he starts to do little tricks on the board. And... Um, and I do capture those behaviors by, by rewarding him right away and naming it so he knows what it is. So I, I encourage it after he's shown the trick yeah. to me, I will continue to encourage it so that that
1: way he adds it to his, his trick list. Oh my gosh. Well, there's probably something so rewarding about like, just as you said, just having him enjoy it himself and figure these things out as he goes and like show you different behaviors and, and be like, look what I figured out, mom. Uh It's cute. You said that he like, does other tricks that he started doing Mm -hmm. on the board. So have you done like what other training? Like it started with the skateboarding. And then like, have you done more since then like more like things that are kind of like out of out of the box?
0: Yeah. So after we started skating, um, we started trying other fun things. And I, I was enjoying teaching some of the more challenging ones. So like, handstand or like walking handstand. And every time I learned another trick with him, I realized I was like, Oh, now I can go to the next hard thing. And so eventually we had enough tricks under our belt, um, to take the American kennel club trick tests and trick titles. Mm-hmm. And so with him, um, we actually last year certified him to be all the way up to performer trick dog. So he's one one title short of being like maxed out at his trick titles okay um and so we've learned a whole bunch i want to say we've learned over a hundred tricks uh i went <laughs> through the month of june i challenged myself to teach him a trick a day and he's already learned he already at that point had already learned like a hundred tricks yeah. so it was a real stretch to have to like come up with mm-hmm. things and so we th- it's really fun for us to come come up with new tricks by thinking outside of the box we've Taught him. He knows how to open the fridge and then close the fridge and grab something out and bring it to us. Um, and then things like uh, yoga moves, various yoga moves, unrolling the yoga mat, mm-hmm. jumping on my back, and sitting or doing stretches with me. Um, but one of the things I really like doing with him is um, trying to let him figure out his own tricks, like I do. Mm-hmm. Like I do on the skateboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have. I'll give him an object and then see how he reacts to it and have him kind of come up with his own little tricks. Um, I also really like trying to teach him a new trick by asking him to do something. And it can be a totally just random thing. For example, um, I'll give him like a jar and the whole goal of this jar is for him to take a random object and like put it in the jar. And so basically working oh. with him on on tricks that don't necessarily have names, but trying to get him to like think and understand what I'm asking him to do. And that has helped me learn so many tricks by just doing random things that I come up with on the spot and then showing him and teaching him and having him learn whatever I'm asking him to do. Um, And that has opened up so many new opportunities for us to learn pretty much anything at this point.
1: Okay, Haley, I feel like this is so, Daryl is so unique in this way though because i guarantee you if i gave my dog a jar either of them they would look at it and like walk away (laughs) they would be like um i don't know what you want me to do with this there is no food in it goodbye (laughs) and i think a lot of dog parents probably feel like that way so do you have any advice i guess for other dog parents who want to start treating or teaching their dogs more tricks or even just like doing these kind of fun games with them of just like getting their brains to work and, and showing these different behaviors and having their personality come out. Do you have any, I don't know, recommendations or advice or tips or anything? Yeah.
0: So I love this question and I love, I love learning about people on, especially online these days mm-hmm. that are interested in starting to work with their dogs and like trick training. It's my absolute passion. Um, but some of the things that that I recommend when you're first starting off for us, it was really figuring out what made Daryl excited, like what got him going. Um, and there are a couple things. One, he really loves um, he loves just well food in general, any <laughs> food. He is super food driven, almost above people. Mm-hmm. And then he also loves just when, when I when I'm excited and when I'm energetic, he loves. He, he gets really motivated and amped. So it, my energy definitely affects him, um, encouragement and everything, and then food. So his are mainly people and food, uh, but really figuring out like what gets your dog going. Okay. Some people that's toys, Daryl, not so much. He loves toys, but he doesn't, toys are not an encouragement to get him to do a trick ever. Yeah. Uh, so it just depends on what the dog is interested in, what the dog loves. Um, Another, another tip that I'd give if somebody's first learning to do tricks is working on the very basic fundamentals. I know that sounds boring. And I know sometimes like, you know, teaching your dog to sit, teaching your dog to lay down. Uh, one of the really critical ones is focus and having them like make eye contact for an extended amount of time with you and really focus on you and tune in. Um, it's, it can be boring when you're starting to work on those, but honestly, those are the foundations to getting your dog to start working on other tricks. And I think those things can often be, um, just skipped by really quickly because people are like bored of them and they want to focus on the skateboarding or the other fun things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really those are, those are key. Those are a lot. You'll hear people that talk about like being on set and working on, um, just tricks and more distracting environments have to work so hard for hours on those just basic, basic tricks. Okay. Um, and, I always offer people the suggestion to to just, you know, find your high reward, whatever it is, treats, uh, toys, whatever, and start in a really low distraction environment, like move all the toys, have no sounds going on like nothing, just have it be very boring. And so make yourself the center of attention, make you be the exciting thing in the room so that your your dog will be more willing to work with you and uh, depending on whatever trick it is that you're working on.
1: That makes so much sense. Like do it, make sure that they're in the right minds, like find out what motivates mm-hmm. them. And then also make sure you're in like the right environment without the distractions and all of that. Okay. You're, you give me a lot of insight. I'm like, every time I do an interview like this, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to like totally become one of my dogs has become a trick dog and all of this. And then I I have said in my previous episodes, I'm a low effort dog mom, so <laughs> something uh, happens. But maybe I could totally see Albie doing skateboarding or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day, if we can all get together, then Daryl can show Albie the skateboard. I, w- I would love to teach a skateboarding class. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> for dogs. how cool would it that would be? be? So I feel, okay in Seattle. Yeah. I think people would jump on that. Like if there was like a Groupon or something for like the skateboarding class, can you like, or at like one of the local, you know, like dog, I don't know, like rooms or something like the run around, you know, indoor rooms or something and just having this like extra class. Oh my God. You could, you could probably make some extra money by doing that for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Okay. So taking a step back, you said you started all of this. When you guys had to start working from home, so beginning of COVID stuff, so like a year and a half ago. So that's when – so he wasn't skateboarding or doing anything like this before that. He was just Daryl the office dog.
0: He was just Daryl the office dog up until we all got sent
1: home. Okay. (laughs) I think that that would be so interesting to, to talk to a ton of people and see what changes they've done with their dogs since having to be home all the time. There's very few silver linings of this whole COVID situation. But I feel like if you guys didn't have that time and opportunity, Daryl would have never become the skateboarding dog. Yeah. And I just wouldn't
0: have had, I wouldn't have had the passion for it. I don't Mm -hmm. think. I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've never been a big, never been big on having like a hobby. I've been really bad about finding my hobby. And I quickly realized that this was my thing. Yeah. Like I have such a passion for it. It's my thing I do when I'm not working. And it's a way that I've bonded with both my husband and my dog. So it's been it's been a really cool um, new thing that I found out of being sent home for quarantine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's just like it sounds like so much like it's, it's offered Daryl so much more um, enrichment out of life. But then also you. As you said. Mm -hmm. And God, that's amazing. Um, So, have you, since you've started all this, have you gone back to the office yet? Yeah.
0: So, we officially closed our office um, back in March of 2020. And before that, he had been coming with me to the office uh, most, most days since he was just a tiny little pup. And um, he was the greeter when people would come in. Um, He offered therapy to people when they needed, um, when we had walk-ins or caregivers in there, he would offer his therapy, Um, not officially a a therapy dog, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, But but he offered his uh, therapy to coworkers and to um, people that came in. So when we were sent home, um, it was, it was a, it was a hard thing for him because he was so used to being around my coworkers. We would still we would still get to have him on zoom and everything, but it just wasn't the same. So um, that was actually part of the reason why I started my, I had had an Instagram for him, but I really didn't use it that much. But once everything closed down, I started posting videos and started just making it so that I could keep in touch with some of the people that saw him Mm -hmm. every day and uh, showing them what we're working on and um, giving encouragement. He, we did a lot of uh, Alzheimer's Association fundraising through his page and so we did a lot of that um since we couldn't do it in person. But luckily the past couple months our office is not officially open yet but we are going in um at least once a week right now and so he gets to go back to his favorite place <laughs> and uh he gets to hang out with a friend old friends and new friends and he just absolutely loves being in the office. It's like his second home. Uh, He always gets way too many treats when he's in there. and (laughs) Everybody knows him. Uh, Our neighbors come over and say, hi. He greets the UPS people. You know,
1: he's just, it's his, it's life. It's his life as he knows it. Okay. That was going to be my question is if he transitioned well going back into the office or not he loves it. He loves the office. He knows he loves the office when he gets in there.
0: I definitely can tell he's, he's more anxious than he was before. Um, Mm. he, he's very comfortable in his home apartment here. Uh, Um, but he, he definitely shows a little bit of anxiety being back in the office. So we are working on that. I'm glad that not everybody is back and that we're only going in once a week right now, because it is going to take a transition for him to get back into the routine and, Getting back into just being okay to to lay down and rest and not feel like he's having to be on high alert all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you able to drive into work or did you, yes. were you like,
0: okay, that's good. We're great. lucky. We we drive into work. So, I mean, he's definitely loves car rides too. So, so that's been, <laughs> that's been easy. Um, but yeah, so we drive into work and then um, bring all of his stuff with him. His
1: skateboard. Skateboard sometimes. <laughs> Are you guys located in around Lake Union or? So our I feel like actually, I've seen some pictures. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Our there.
0: office is located in uh, Linwood, Washington. Uh, but we are we're all over these days. Um, we're right now we're in event season for our
1: for my work. Um, so I'm all over. But we take Daryl everywhere. We take him everywhere. I feel like there was like some instagram or something it was it was a while ago uh that i saw and it. it was like some kind of like lake union like group or something of oh, dogs yeah, that, yeah. and so i was like what is this i need to join somehow <laughs> yeah so there's actually a really
0: <clears throat> south lake union has a lot of really cool shops down there and there's a lot of dog friendly shops specifically Okay. Uh, So yeah, you should definitely check it out.
1: Okay. All right. My husband works kind of near uh, or works like near South Lake Union Mm -hmm. and uh, they allow dogs at work. And so he's been thinking about taking Albie like one day a week and easing him into it. Uh, Lupin used to be an office dog, but Mm -hmm. Albie never has. And I think Albus has the perfect temperament to be one. Like He will just chill, sleep under the desk. Until you sit until someone comes up and then he's like, hello, love me and yes, yes. Perfect temperament for it. We one of the things. So a couple of things about being an office dog.
0: Um, we well, we started him out when he was a puppy. So he was used to coming in from like day one, basically. Yeah. Uh, which I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> bringing a puppy
1: into an office is a horrible idea. I was thinking it's like such good socialization for him. Oh probably like he had like twenty people touching him every day and smells
0: it, and all of that. It is it is great socialization. Uh, it is it was he was able to meet dogs at the office because we had a couple others that would come in. Um, mm-hmm. But having to care for a puppy while you're trying to work is really a yeah. challenge. Um, yeah. Potty training during work is not easy. <laughs> um, so that was something we had to figure out really quickly. Uh, but also, you know, pressured me to take breaks, which I was really bad at doing. So, I mean, it, there are definitely some benefits to it. Uh, yeah. but when we first started out, I bought him like a little pen that he could be in. And it was really good obedience training because we had to work on having him be quiet and having him sit and having him stay. And yeah. just like that sort of thing. Uh, we learned what, what types of toys and treats would take him a really long time to eat and work on. So he would stay busy and and occupied. And then, um, we also used the opportunity to kennel train him at the beginning, which he hasn't worked with his kennel for quite a while, but, um, (laughs) during the beginning and when he was in the office, like that was a really important thing for him to have that safe space and, just have that quiet time. So I mean, there are definitely some ways that some things and tools that really help uh, when you're first introducing your dog to the office life.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great advice also for everyone who's thinking about that. If you're slowly going back to work, like you have been Haley, then it's like you could slowly start introducing your dog back into the workplace. I feel like it's a hard enough transition probably for people, like for humans to go back to work regularly. <laughs> so I can't even imagine the whole shift for the dogs. As you said, just like they haven't been in their kennel forever mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it wasn't needed and all of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, last question, since this is the With a Dog podcast, why do you choose life with a dog?
0: Honestly, I think dogs make us better people. I have learned so much from having a dog and not just having a dog, but having a dog as an adult um, has really taught me life lessons about if we were to be parents one day, like I've learned Mm -hmm. a lot about parenting. (laughs) I've learned uh, a lot about caring for someone else. Um, He's brought me closer to my little family here. Um, but also just in general, as an adult, it's really hard to make friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've talked to my husband a lot about this lately, but we, we just don't know how to meet people. Um, if you're not a partier, and especially during this whole weird time, um, it's really hard to like meet people. And having a dog uh, has allowed us to meet so many new people, has opened up so many doors, Especially in Seattle, there's just so many cool opportunities and things to do. It keeps mm-hmm. us active. Yeah. Uh, it gives me like a reason to wake up in the morning when I'm feeling like I just want to sleep. One day, I mean, he <laughs> forces me to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I feel like when like when meeting other people, if somebody has a dog, there's a really good chance that that's going to be a good person. And it gives you something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, like, you know, small talk with people, you can just talk about your
1: dog. So, so many reasons why I choose the dog life, but those are just a few. Those are such good answers. And I can definitely agree with the whole friend thing because I mean, like, look at us, we're connecting right now and able to talk because of Daryl and his skateboarding and, you know, and because I chose to have a dog podcast. And so, no, I totally agree. I mean, um, I was having I still struggle with it. But like, when I moved back from London, you know, I left a lot of my friends that I and just the lifestyle that I really enjoyed there. And then came back, went straight into lockdown. And it was like, like, I knew people in Seattle since we lived here before, but not a ton. And the people that I've talked to this year, the most, I swear, are just like previous guests. Like I talked to a lot of our previous guests and or just like other dog Instagram people like all the time. And when I was doing my rebrand, I called a few of them and were like, hey, I know you went through the same thing. What should I do? And like, what tips do you have? And it's been so helpful. So I I completely agree on the friend part for sure. It's it's a way of networking in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I mean, my
0: husband finally realized I saw this like light bulb in his head. He's like, <laughs> So when, uh, when you're on your phone, you're actually talking to your friends. Like when you're on Instagram, <laughs> you're this is your friend time. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, finally understanding. Like this is the way that I communicate with my friends these days. And these are my friends. These are people that I've met all over the world that I've gotten mm-hmm. to know be- just because of having a
1: dog. And yes, that is not something that would have happened if we hadn't chosen this life. I love that I'm gonna make sure that Mike my husband gets that like perspective because he does the same thing he's like put down your phone and I'm like I'm talking to people and he's like you're on Instagram and I'm like but I'm talking to people (laughs) no I totally agree um all right well thank you so much for coming on Haley. i saw daryl pop his head up on the couch a few times too so thank you daryl for being here as well um (laughs) if you want to just plug your info for our listeners so they can find you
0: great thank you so yeah you can find us on pretty much any platform i have way too many uh for daryl and he is on instagram daryl the doge so that's daryl with two r's one l the d-o-g-e and on tiktok at daryl with
1: two r's one l underscore the underscore d-o-g-e perfect all right and then everyone you can find us at with a dog podcast on instagram and tiktok we are not nearly as good as Haley and daryl as doing reels and posting but I'm getting there. And we have new episodes every Wednesday. We call it With a Dog Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All content on With a Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.